right, dude, you ready to go out there? This is like our biggest show yet. I can't believe it. Yeah, I'm so So ready. many fans out there. All right, ready? You ready to go out there? I'm ready. Let's dude, do I'm this. Ready. Yeah. All right, what's yeah. up? We're bad credit. What's up? Ah, ooh, feedback. Ooh. Ah, not a good start. Okay. All right, this is the first song for you. Let's rock. Dallas. Middle finger action. Middle finger action. Middle finger. Middle finger. Middle finger action. Please follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on. Follow me on. Follow me on Twitter. Testing. Checking. Yes. Let's go. This is the family cast. This is the family cast. Boom. And music is life. We're testing, we're checking, the microphone is working. Hello, howdy folks. I mean, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. Amigos y familia, it's your boy Chef Josh. Yosh, if you listened to that last episode. This is The Family Cast, where food and music is life, yes? Today I had the privilege of talking to one of my old buddies by the name of Dallas McLaughlin. You might know him from such things as... I don't know what you might know him by, but you'll learn more in this episode. He was in bands. He's really funny. He's a dad, a husband, a dog owner. He does stand-up comedy, spoken word, and all kinds of other fun stuff. So I don't want to spoil any surprises for those of you who don't know him. For those of you who do know him, um, you might know some of this stuff, I guess. But yeah, I was going to make a joke there, but I've given him enough flack. (laughs) Anyways, we talk a little bit about that right in the beginning of the episode, actually. The sound clip that you heard at the beginning of this episode is from the movie Alien. Yes, that's right. She's like, Dallas, be careful. And then for those of you that don't know what the movie Alien is, maybe you should go watch it before I spoil any surprises for you. Spoiler alert, there's an alien in it. Okay. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that last episode where I broke down the meaning of food and music being life. Yes. And uh, I got some more fun stuff for you on the books, in the books, on the way. I don't know how to, what's the best terminology for that. But anyways, more fun stuff to come. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, so this episode, Dallas McLaughlin, he and I are talking. We're going to have some fun. There's lots of laughter we got a little bit serious in the middle, I think. Yeah, not too crazy, not too dark, but also we talked about some real life stuff and just the history of our our music careers, his comedy career and all that stuff. I'm not going to talk too much longer, 
But thanks again for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't yet to the show. We're available everywhere except for YouTube, I think. I, don't, I didn't put anything on YouTube. If it's on YouTube, it wasn't me. I promise. <laughs> um, yeah, Instagram.com forward slash The Family Cast. Patreon.com forward slash Family Cast if you want to support. Or you can just go into my link tree on my bio, and there's a whole bunch of different ways to support there. As always, I have links in the show notes for different prizes, links to different records, links to different vinyl records, variants that I'm talking about in the show when I do music, and other kinds of fun things like free trial subscriptions to Amazon Prime and Audible and stuff like that. Uh, Sound of Vinyl is where I buy a lot of records. There's, I have uh, some discount codes for you in there too. So I'll check my show notes. I always throw different things in there. Throw things your way. Okay. Anyways, just wanted to say that. Tell a friend about the show. It's the best way to get the word out. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Another way to a free way to support if you don't want to throw me a dollar or two a month is to just rate and review it. That helps everyone else kind of see what you're doing, see what the show is all about. Yeah, and if you wanted to, if you wanted the quickest way to describe this show to somebody, I get asked all the time. It is not just food and music being life, but it's a, I do pairings. So I pair food with music, beverages with music. The people I talk to are either in the food or music industries and everything that surrounds those industries. So yeah, it's the easiest way to describe it is we pair food with music. We pair beverage with music. Yeah, that's basically it. And I was in a band and we talk about that and I do music. So anyways, if you know, you know, if this is your first time here, welcome, welcome. Got some new listeners to talk to. Um, send me a DM, send me a email, famcastpod at gmail.com. Uh, yep. I'm just going to get right into our episode with Mr. Dallas McLaughlin. Let's dig in. Middle finger action. Oh, it's recorded. Got it. Is it? Leave meeting. <laughs> Okay. okay bye this was great yeah thank you for catching up did we please, do this right was please this... follow me on twitter did we do this right okay <laughs> let's start over real one sec here what hi dallas wait have we started recording i mean it, i just we just like to let it roll let the let the boulders roll family you know? cast bro it's family cast that's how that's you true. do it oh, just... I thought you said this was talks chrome <laughs> yeah this is yes you're gonna be a guest on talks chrome more like we're... toxic chrome sorry sean sorry um ladies and gentlemen i'm sitting here with dallas mclaughlin yeah uh uh, a man of many talents (laughs) maybe just maybe a couple yes he he made it he made a beautiful some beautiful kids oh thank you yeah Yeah. i did okay all right see you later great Um, yeah follow me on twitter yeah No, but I, this really is Dallas McLaughlin for those of you who might recognize the voice. I mean, what so many things we're going to get into all that on. Cause I mean, you might, if I you're mean, listening to the family cast, you might, if you're a listener or <laughs> subscriber, you might know who I am because you and Aaron Henderson decided to uh, talk shit about me. <laughs> I mean, so that was great. That was a good time. I, we did I it really... because yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would like to get into that because what he showed me was something that you're good at, which is entertainment making making people laugh making Ooh. commercials doing yeah. the, doing comedy talent uh a, a a real face for radio if you know what i'm saying <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> just kidding just kidding uh, but um no dallas is a funny guy dallas is he's in, he's up in the ranks of like funniest people in the world funniest people in america at least funniest people in yeah. his neighborhood definitely oh yeah yeah definitely top five in my neighborhood for funniest sure. person all- on your street well, there's a kid down the street. Uh, pretty funny dude. Makes Up me laugh. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I've seen him fall off a skateboard a couple of times and I've oh, laughed harder at that. Hilarious. But, yeah. So fail army uh, number two, at least on my street. Yeah. 
So number two, funniest person on this, on his street. And honestly, my daughter is maybe funnier than me already. So maybe I'm number three. She's funny. Um, She's very funny. She has that kind of, well, I want to get into that because, you know, this, this, Mm -hmm. first of all, thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on this show. Family cast food and music is life. Yes. And during quarantine, you and your daughter did quarantine kitchen. Yes. So mixing the two things that you guys love and yourself comedy and production. And then of course, kitchen stuff. Yeah. She's a real little chef right there. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they, were, they were like, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of humor or comedy would you describe it as? Cause it was like, you were kind of like deadpan and she was like actually going for it. And, but I don't know, what's the style of that? Yeah. I mean, we have raised our daughter with uh, sarcasm. Yes, and uh, yes. it's really come back to bite us hard because now she's <laughs> uh, almost eight years old. So, you know, like the other day she said, uh, you know, she said, who, who loves you? And I said, well, mommy loves me. And she said, that's a surprise. Uh, so she's already way funnier than both of us and way more hurtful and pointed. Oh, she, um, she, she's, she gets it. But she's full of energy. And uh, I, as you can probably already tell by my voice, um, don't have as much energy as her so i've you know i basically i glide into deadpan humor more often than not um so uh we started recording this thing these these things quarantine kitchen when school shut down the first time yes i remember Josh, like yeah. a year and a half ago or whatever yeah. when school shut down uh she was really sad and bored and and i said hey let's do something fun for lunch like let's make a little video and she was like sure well i was like we'll do a little cooking show so it was really just for us to have um, and look at and laugh. And then my wife was like, this is really funny. You should put it on Instagram. And I was like, eh. and then we did. And people really liked it. And we did. We kept doing them. And it was kind of like a fun thing for her to look forward to during quarantine. Like once a week, we would do one very cheaply done on iMovie, uh, edited by me. And uh, there, and it's so it was just really fun. And then. Yeah, like as we did it more and more, she just got into it way more and more. And so That's we awesome. did like 15, I think of them, maybe less, maybe 12. And then um, we got hired to do, somebody saw those and hired us to do these like cybersecurity videos in the same exact style. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So they haven't been released yet, but we we did those a few months ago. And then- um, I can't wait. And then she wants to do another quarantine kitchen uh, a new one. We had to stop doing them because last year I got hurt. I hurt my back really bad mm, and yeah. I, I couldn't really do anything mm-hmm. for quite some time. So unfortunately we had to stop and then we had a baby. Yeah, and so yep. it's just a bunch of things, but now everything's kind of in, back into a groove. So we'll, we'll do them again, but we're, if anyone listening is bored and wants to look at us not really make anything <laughs> hard to make like a sandwich <laughs> or tuna, um, then uh, yeah, go quarantine kitchen. It's on Instagram uh at quarantine under its horror kitchen oh it has its own account even now wow we have it okay. yeah and i really usually usually direct people there because i put them up on youtube and turns out during uh quarantine i don't know if you've ever heard of alton brown kind of famous uh i have yeah yeah he started his own thing called quarantine kitchen so people that son of a bitch i know he stole it from and he has this little girl and he makes videos with him it's really I'm just really kidding. no <laughs> But it's so, your daughter. She's on. What the? She signed on Alton Brown. She knows, um, where the, she knows where the money is. Alton Brown, you thieving bastard. Yeah, it's all right. He'll he'll hear this. But yeah, sure. they're fun. I I mean, she's so, my daughter's just the best. She she gets she into is. things and she's very funny. And so okay, um, who's funnier, your daughter or your baby? Well, I mean, 
Who's funnier? Unknowingly, my baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's the exactly. best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, they're, they're funny. I love uh, when they fart and they laugh at their own farts. That's like the greatest thing. Oh, I still do that. Yeah, I mean, I like to fart in front of my daughter, um, but that's about it. And then laugh in her face. <laughs> no, I just usually stand there and stare at her. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing? You're like thinking about the next episode of Quarantine Kitchen yeah, or that's yeah. all I'm doing. Um, yeah, it's dude. fine because we love food. I mean, I love food. You love food. You're, you know, you, you can say hi. Uh oh. Oh, hey, how's it going? I didn't know you were. That was a yeah, curtain. I, I thought it was a, a wall. It's a, it's a wall of it's a Zarape fake wall. Um, <laughs> but like Lisa pops in every once in a while, and says hello to the guests. Um, oh. Yeah. So I just I have to kick her out real quick so she doesn't start, you know, doing therapy on you. Just kidding. <laughs> oh God. Who knows what will happen if that happens? I know that's, so that's for another episode, but, um, but anyways, yeah, we, you and I have known each other for what, let's see, at least almost 30 years now, 50, 57 years, 1956. Yeah. Um, we were both, uh, yeah, we were, we were both, both in back to the future Back to the Future, and riding on skateboards, um, behind wood. Trucks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, has it been 30 years? Probably I think right. So. Like 90, like early nineties. So Almost 30 years. Yeah. Because yeah. what I'm 41 and mm-hmm. I probably met you when I was like 15, 14, 15. So must have been. Yeah. Through probably through Sean. Um, no, through Russell. Oh, yes. Through, oh, yeah. That's right. You. Yeah. You, you and Russell first. Yeah. Um, yeah. See this. It's fun. I've been reconnecting with everybody and finding out exactly how we met and um, mm-hmm. how are how we how are we are our kind of journeys have been, you know, in and out of each other's lives uh, throughout our different jobs and music and stuff like that. Um, and you've just done so much stuff in music and entertainment and uh, radio and TV. And yeah, everything yeah. Like that. So, like, how does how did you even start that? Was that like high school theater starting off that? <laughs> I mean, how does that um, start? How do you get into all that? Yeah, I uh, well, I uh, the, sh- the long story short is uh, I need attention and uh, okay. I don't yeah. like it when I don't get it. Yep. And, I was uh, hoping you were going to say that. Yes. Uh, well, no. So, like you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we met each other because we were in bands. Yeah, um, yeah, you were in a popular band. I was in a not popular band. Hey, um, you stole all of our musicians for your band uh, over time, so that was nice. <laughs> well, that's why we started. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, much like Alton Brown stole my uh, exactly episode, the YouTube episodes. Anyway, Dallas, um, Dallas, you're easy to steal from. I know I don't put a bunch of fight. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I started doing youth theater. Um, mm-hmm. I was playing basketball in high school at Horizon, and that was kind of what I wanted to do was play basketball. I had a scholarship there, and it was really fun to play. Then I started skateboarding and getting into punk music a lot mm-hmm. more, and I hurt my knee really bad skateboarding, and um, I couldn't play basketball. Like, it was, there's a question mark of if I could ever come back and play at a high level. Mm. Um, Did you and- play at a high level? Yeah, I mean, I had a scholarship to go play um, okay. there, and we won a couple of championships, and uh, and I was, you know, I was all right. I wasn't like amazing, like I would not, like I would have made the NBA or anything like that. Um, but like, I was pretty good, and and uh, it just, I was young, and it was like, oh man, am I gonna like rehab hard every day <laughs> <laughs> when I'm like ninth grade? Like, is that what my life is gonna be? Cortisone uh, shots every semester. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like, you know, in her, I went to horizon, uh, junior, senior high and, um, their program was still like, not really where, what, where, where it ended up. It was like, it ended up being one of the top programs in the city, but yeah. at the time it was like still kind of growing. Mm-hmm. So there just wasn't a lot of incentive. Anyway, I uh, did a play at my church and I had a lot of fun 
And then uh, I did a play at Horizon while I could, while I was like trying to get better with my knee. I did a play there and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then I was like, uh, maybe I want to do this. Like, this is a lot of fun. And my mom was like, sure. And so my mom signed me up for a thing called CYT. Oh, yeah. Um, which, uh, if you live in San Diego, has been a, a subject of controversy over the last year. Depending on um, who you ask, yeah. Depending <laughs> on who you ask. Uh, but that's where I started doing theater. And then um, when it kind of became clear that I wasn't going to play basketball again, uh, my mom transferred me over to the San Diego School of Creative and Performing Arts. Oh, yeah. And that's where I finished my high school. So most like the last couple of months in ninth grade and then the rest of high school was spent there just doing theater like hardcore yeah <laughs> like they they I mean they really go for it it's all about the art so it's like we yeah. were doing really challenging pieces um that were just like you know for high schoolers not I mean now it's now a lot of high schoolers get in a lot of high schools get into it mm-hmm. and do stuff that's like interesting and different but back in the late 90s it was like we we're doing like the Heidi Chronicles and street scene <laughs> and Pippin and um which Pippin you oh Pippin but Pippin's like very dark there's a huge orgy scene um like uh, Sweeney Todd before like people thought it was okay to do Sweeney Todd like it was just gnarly stuff so uh but yeah I loved it I I, I did a ton of shows every year and then um when I graduated it was like what do I do Uh, I auditioned for Juilliard I got accepted but uh my family was poor and we couldn't afford to do it Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was kind of like one of those things where it was a bummer, but at the same time, like I've never been one for like, close your eyes, Josh, you're a tiger. Now move <laughs> about the room as a tiger. Yeah. Like all those yeah. acting exercises just want to like, you know, quit acting forever. So mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. So I got a job at SeaWorld San Diego doing the sea lion and otter show. And, um, that was great. And then about a year into that, I started writing shows for them and directing and that was kind of how it all started for real like people paying me to do stuff so so yeah so the you were so you were there straight out of school then yeah like pretty Pretty soon pretty much yeah like that i think that next year um because i went back to my high school and helped uh teach like i was like a ta for a little while um because i didn't want to go to college right away i was going to take a year off but then Uh it uh became apparent i just didn't really want to go to college Uh uh yeah. Like during that time, I was just like, I don't know, I'm making money doing this. I was doing theater in town. Uh, I was mm-hmm. doing, we, I was in a band, you were in a band. Uh, so I was performing and I remember that. Yeah. I just didn't <laughs> see Yeah. I'm sure you <laughs> it just didn't seem like a thing that I wanted to go be in college. So, um, but you're funny. You're like inherently funny. Like, you, but it doesn't sound like the plays in high school were f- like, those weren't comedies. Like how <laughs> not did you, all of them. How no. did you, how did you switch from like, I mean, how did you like, I mean, how, Cause we're going to get to like your stand-up comedy also like, sure. how did you, I don't know. Get into like, comedy. Also the music, yeah. well, the music, the band, like, I mean, you guys were, cause you were pretty funny and goofy on stage as was I, yeah. I mean, so I always, I always looked to that in other singers and stuff like that. Um, or, you know, singers in air quotes for, I was a, I was a lead quote unquote singer. Right. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. I was just always more on the goofy side. Cause I knew I, I didn't have as much musical singing talent at the, you know, when I started or whatever, or maybe still, still don't or whatever, but I always found other, I always found the humor in other singers when they were doing something funny or whatever. So like, I think that you really caught that, uh, comedy bug or I caught yeah. your comedy bug and Ooh. we had comedy bugs together i don't know i will i would say i mean like let's you know let's air it out like i think i i can i list you as one of the great front men's i've ever seen in person oh 
like I always, you're you're you are a lyric in a bad credit song. That's how much I respected you as a frontman. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. Like you, uh, you did one of my favorite things I've ever seen. It. Um, what was the name of that stupid festival? Um, there's so many. There's so many stupid. There's things. so many, but the Bad News Bears played it, and I went with them. Oh, the one in, was it in Colorado? Um, no, 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 no. It was in San Diego, but not San Diego. Sorry, it was in California, but it was in, like the middle of nowhere. And, I believe um, it. I believe that. And yeah. you guys were headlining one of the nights, and you were really late. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Paso Robles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Paso at Robles yeah. at the fairgrounds. Yeah, something. Yes. And uh, it was like a and, thousand bands. A thousand bands. And we were at midnight. Um, well, no, you were earlier. You guys showed up at midnight. <laughs> and so there was a guy uh i just remember there was like a runway yeah and there yeah. was a guy who was asleep on the runway he had his head on yes. the one runway and you yes. took a can and you <laughs> threw it at his head hey <laughs> it was yeah. so funny dude hey. i swear to god i laughed I mean, so hard i don't was, i can't believe i did that i was i was i was consumed with adrenaline i didn't know what to do I no just... it was great it was so funny <laughs> no sleeping um, on the stage you probably yelled that i uh <laughs> I thought no, you were going to say something like I went up to him and whispered like, wake up or something. No, no, no. You nope. just chucked it as hard as you could. Oh, my head. God. It was so funny. What a dick. Um, no, I, I started doing comedy because like uh, I just always liked comedy growing up. Like that was what mm -hmm. I like. I yeah, watched yeah. Uh, Letterman and Conan and, um, you know, this was before the Internet. So we were like finding tapes. Like, I know. So you'd like find stuff like, you know, Saturday Night Live was like huge. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, my buddy Zach like found all these found this show called Mister Show with Bob and David. Oh yeah! And so like in the late '90s, we were Run, Ronnie, like, Run. Yeah, we were just watching that <laughs> on tape because nobody had HBO. And then uh, Kids in the Hall was like a humongous influence growing up. So like those things, those were like the shows we were attracted to. Like we didn't, our little group of friends didn't like do drugs. We didn't like drink. We you know we were pretty good kids for the most part. We skateboarded. We listened to punk. And then like I watched like comedy you know mm -hmm. and um mm -hmm. doing theater and stuff uh you're just surrounded by art so it was kind of like people were throwing stuff at your face all the time and like cans. i love like cans. <laughs> and i love doing i mean like the, that's the thing is like if you were to ask me if i wanted to do a comedy or like a drama like i would tell you immediately a drama because like um, that for me is like a hard thing to do. Like mm -hmm. it's a challenge for me and that's not cause I'm some great comedic actor, but it's, um, I think comedy plays are just, they're just written. So set up punchy that it's not that difficult to pull off. Whereas like, I would much rather mm -hmm. dive into some like deep, rich character and, and really try to like, um, make it happen. So like in theater in, in high school, like I didn't care what I did. I just wanted to really stretch it and try to do whatever I could. Uh, mm -hmm. When I got out of high school, I found myself kind of auditioning for all these shows and they weren't, you know, there's just like San Diego doesn't San Diego doesn't do a lot of um, uh, good theater. There's we like do, two, right? There's like two big ones, right? Well, the, now it's better. But when I was, you know, in 1998, there was like starlight musical theater there was a moonlight which was you know was in vista and there was no way i was going to go to vista and i'm not good i mean we're in the same boat i was in a punk band screaming into a microphone i'm not a singer <laughs> so i can't sing but i can you know but i can act and i could be you know i can i could always dance i still can dance which is i learned at high school but um so like you basically could do musicals and that was what people were doing and producing unless you were at the old globe, which is like, you have to be in the union basically to get in the old globe. And it's like people, you know, 
Neil Patrick Harris was doing old globe shows, you know, like yeah. there's a long line before they get to you <laughs> to Dallas. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so like, so there was, it's just hard to get into the places that do really amazing stuff and the places that you can get into do singing in the rain, you know, which isn't a bad show, but mm-hmm. there's no place for me there. So <laughs> I, I found out that if I could, it would just be like the quirky best friend in a lot of those musicals, like the character actor and the mm-hmm. character sing, I could do a lot more stuff. And then like ceiling hour show, um, is all comedy and improv and just mm-hmm. screwing with people. And that was something that came easily to me. So like those kind of things, um, were just there and accessible. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, well, if that's what I can do to make some money and be, you know, acting and performing, then that's what I'll do. So, yeah, that's it, cool. you know, just kind of gravitated towards it. And then that's, I, I would say I get pigeonholed in that and that's, I guess fine, but, uh, you know, there's times that I get to jump out and do something that's a little more challenging and that's fun. I'm sure you could. Yeah. Just like, I mean, Jim Carrey has done some dark shit, right? I mean, yeah, well, I'm not as funny as Jim Carrey, but um, come on. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I mean like around that time though, we started doing our own sketch comedy shows. Yes. And so that was kind of like myself and Sean O'Donnell, mm-hmm. who you've had on the podcast before, I think. And um, shout out Sean Jumbo. He was in one of the greatest Christian punk bands of all time, Yellow Card. And uh, <laughs> he, Stomach Monkeys. Uh, Stomach Monkeys. Bad uh, News Bears. Bad News Bears. Dogwood. There was Antisocial. Antisocial. <laughs> um, yeah, he, yeah, like him, me, um, a bunch of guys. We, we started uh, mm-hmm. the sketch comedy group and that was all a response to basically growing up watching sketch comedy yeah and a lot of us were graduating high school and like i said we weren't getting into things because we were kids and we were like the newbies so we just weren't uh getting cast and things we're like screw it man like let's just put on our own show so we Mm -hmm. found a theater rented a theater wrote directed produced everything all on our own and um those things became very popular so like we it was fun yeah, we did. We did them for a few years. Did in LA. We had a development deal with Comedy Central for a little while. Uh, Hello, and that fell through because we were young and stupid and didn't know how to handle it. And um, <laughs> uh, then because of that, like a lot of the guys in that group stayed in LA, and the other ones stayed in San Diego and started bands. And um, the guys that stayed in LA, a couple of them are doing very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So That's I mean. Awesome. It's weird. It's weird how everything goes. Yeah, yeah. Everyone coming from theater schools and sticking with it and doing what we do now. Um, but I yeah. mean, you were with you did the Sea World show for what fifteen years? Technically, I'm still there. Oh, here you go. Okay. <laughs> Technically, I'm still on the payroll. There you go. Yeah. You yeah. Get the, you get the Christmas emails and stuff. I do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you? What? It, I mean, just on that real quick. Was there any kind of weirdness when like the blackfish came out or anything like that or i don't even know what you're talking about i've never heard of that kind of the whole idea yeah i know i i haven't i haven't seen it but you know i know what it is uh you know any kind of like i mean whatever i was there for like a zoo it's like the zoo like sure animal you know yes Um, i was so i was at sea world for um i mean like i said i I started there in 99 oh yeah that's Um, a long time so i've been there for a very long time but I was performing there very regularly from like 99 to like, man, like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I was, that was like my job. I got promoted and blah, 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 blah. But, um, he, but, he retired as Shamu. I did. Yeah. <laughs> At a certain point, you just get to ride Shamu. That's what they let you do. Um, yeah. yeah, it was weird when Blackfish came out. Like, I mean, it's weird because there's just a lot about that movie that a lot of people don't care to know. 
Um, yeah. Well, yeah, know, it's, I think one, it's, it's one-sided, right? Well, it's one-sided and I think, but I think there are a lot of like really important issues it brings up like mm-hmm. for, not just for SeaWorld, but for any zoo. Um, mm-hmm. m- most of the aquariums and zoos that you've been to and visited were all started in a very shady manner. <laughs> um, over time, like SeaWorld, had, SeaWorld in the late nineties was bought by Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch. When I started working there, it was just purchased by Anheuser-Busch and like they cleaned that place up, you know, like there was oh, yeah. no more like they the, they they basically pioneered moving all training from negative reinforcement to positive reinforcement okay so every aquarium every zoo everybody at that time did negative reinforcement which was oh you know hurting the animals to some degree to get them to do what you want to do and then they came in and were like nope no more we're it's all positive reinforcement so it's similar to what you would do with your dog you know you give them a treat when they do something right mm-hmm. they do something wrong you ignore them um that was pretty much how everything changed. So like while Blackfish did get a lot of things right, there was like about an hour long of just outright lies and literal, literal um, trick editing, like uh, to make it seem like the people who were talking in that movie were actually doing the things, but none of them were actually doing the things. <laughs> so the walrus is not actually mechanical. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean like the trainers were like, yeah, they would, they would like say like, Oh, I got to ride the whale. And then they would show a picture of a trainer on a whale doing certain stuff. And that wasn't even the person talking. It was totally somebody else. So it it was just like stuff like that. And plus the main trainers who were featured in that film were all fired for either drugs or safety hazards. (laughs) So they were just like super bitter. I got something to say. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was weird and it really affected the park in a terrible manner. I mean, like a SeaWorld's run by a bunch of idiots who, you know, they're higher up, higher ups, a bunch of stupid idiots who thought, Oh, it'll just go away. Um, So like they didn't do anything about it. And it really mm-hmm. screwed the park up. I don't even know if the park's ever really recovered from it, but mm-hmm. yeah. Whatever. Well, it's it's yeah. Okay. Well, well, moving on. At least <laughs> I don't on, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still on. You're still on their jelly of the month club, so that's cool. Heck yeah, um, man. Heck yeah. I mean, maybe not after this podcast, but. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm sending this straight to the straight to the offices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> give me. You better. You better edit this, or uh, or else. There he goes so, again. First you steal Sean, and now you're gonna ruin Sean. my Sea World. Yeah. Gig. Alton Brown. Here we come. Um. <laughs> What's the, do you have any other like big plans for uh, like quarantine kitchen? Uh, We are trying, well, you know, we're going to make another one soon, probably Mm -hmm. for the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've been trying to figure out, um, I had an idea even before we started doing that, I always want to do like a cooking show. Um, Yeah. Like I was saying a minute ago, like, I mean, you're obviously, you know, very much a real chef in the world and, uh, I've always fancied myself someone who enjoys cooking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I lo- like, I loved watching Good Eats to mention Alton Brown. Like I thought Good Eats was always such a fun show, but um, I always thought it'd be fun to actually have somebody who was putting in humor, like a sketch show almost mm-hmm. that was a cooking show. Yeah. So I've always wanted to do that. And we've been trying to. Me too. Well, there we go. We've been trying to like build a little pilot around that idea. You heard um, it here, folks. And that's, we're still figuring it out. I had somebody who was going to be shooting it for me and then she moved to the uh, UK. Oh, yeah. But I guess she's coming back. So now she oh. messaged me and said, let's, uh, let's do it. So we'll UK? see. Okay. UK. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so I think that's the plan. Okay, cool. That's, that's, uh, I can't wait to see how this, this all pans out. <laughs> It'll be weird. Pan joke. Um, yeah, but, but, yeah, but, but. Gah, gah, what about? Uh, there's so many things we could talk about because I know, sorry, that's also, all boring though. 
No, but you also did stuff for um, with Ant Four slash with Aquabats, Yo Gabba Gabba, that whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, uh, and I mean, let's just talk about that for a second. Like, sure. What did you do for Yo Gabba Gabba? Oh man! Oh, so many, so much. Uh, Where do we begin? Yeah. So Matt Gorney and I, mm-hmm. we were in a band called Bad Credit. And then we started touring with the Aquabats. And while we were touring with them, they were like, they found out that we had written sketch comedy and we knew how to write scripts. And they had just like pitched a show that they sold and made a pilot for with um, a, a now defunct uh, channel called Fox Family. Yeah. And uh, Bobcat Goldthwait actually directed the pilot. But uh, they they were like, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, but they, uh, it didn't go anywhere. The, the channel died. So they were like, hey, we want to make this into an animated series. Like, would you and Matt want to help us write it? And we're like, yeah, sure. And so we started writing a pilot, a new pilot for the Aquabats super show. And then at the same time, they were like, uh, while this goes and gets kind of uh, animated, do you guys want to help us work on this other show called Yo Gabba Gabba? They're just creating it. And it was like the reason why they asked us because Back Credit was kind of like a hip hop band. Um, and all the music in Yo Gabba was very hip hop heavy. Like it was all based in like those call and response. Yeah. Uh, run DMC type stuff. So like we started writing a bunch of songs for the pilot and then we did a bunch of voices for the pilot. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how we got connected with that. And then first season we were in it quite a bit and then kind of disappeared for the second season. Third season uh, did some more writing. Then Gorney like became like the guy Mm -hmm. um, there. He wrote a ton of... um, uh, he wrote like a ton of, uh, uh, why can't I think of the, the words? I mean, I guess songs is the, it's not really songs, but he wrote like a bunch of stuff for them and, and, um, jingles uh, and stuff. Jingles like, is probably yeah. more a- apropos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so like that's it. And then, yeah, the Aquabat super show went from being animated to being a live action show that they finally sold to a network called hub, which is also no longer around, <laughs> but we had like three seasons of that, cool. that we were writing on, um, doing music, doing like I was in a couple episodes and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was super fun, man. It was like, I mean, like it was, I wish those they're bringing Yo Gabba Gabba back. Um, nice. Apple TV is it bought it, bought the rights to it. And they're bringing it back, which is awesome. But um, I don't, I don't believe I will be back in the fold. Ah, there's always hope. There's always, uh, uh, it's fine. I mean, honestly, like I don't, the problem with Yo Gabba is like, like it's so music heavy that like, and I don't write music. So okay. You know, I'm not a, I'm not offended. I'm sure I'll get a call to do a voice or something, but other than that, it's fine. Like they can go have their fun. Nobody got paid really well anyway. So uh, yeah, I, see, I, it, it just seemed like a fun, it was just seemed like a fun show, honestly, like, um, like sketch comedy's cousin that does like weird space stuff or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, Mark, I mean, Mark Mothersbaugh from <laughs> drawing, drawing stuff. And then like yeah. John, John Reese, like, what? Just, yeah. I mean, hanging out on set was always like the greatest thing ever. Cause you would like, I, like, you'd go in there yeah there'd be mark mothersbaugh um or like hey uh just having lunch with most deaf and pat and all's yeah like yeah. it was <laughs> exactly oh you froze I, I did you froze now you're back oh sorry i was like i okay it's okay but yeah well, like so you would just yeah. you'd be hanging out with the most random people and it was basically the whole idea behind gabba was like they wanted to do a sesame street for that generation mm-hmm. you know with like hey kids like here's people that are going to be in your life mm-hmm. as you grow up it's it's the it was the same idea like an updated Sesame Street and uh, I think they nailed it. I mean it was the number one kid show in Europe and then it was like number two in America for most of the most of its run. Um, I mean I enjoyed watching it and the records were cool and 
You know? It was great. I remember, yeah. I mean, our claim to fame is we wrote a song called Party in My Tummy. That was a big So hit. yummy. So yummy. So yummy. Yep. And yeah. uh, I got $300 for that song. So so worth it. So worth, worth it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Infamy. So I, I'm okay if they don't call me back this time around. It's fine. Yeah. Well, I have that record. So, um, <laughs> I mean, so you were on a record with a bunch of like superstars too. So that's cool. No, yeah. it's super. I mean, like it, the idea of it was cool and it opened up a lot of doors. Like from that, we did Aquabats. Uh, from that, we had a development deal at Disney and a mm-hmm. development deal. And I uh, got to write on a, I helped develop a kid show called uh, Shimmer and Shine that was on Nick Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, and like worked on a show called Sanjay and Craig, like, but all of that came from Yo yeah. Gabba. So it opened so many doors and it still does. Like I still get literal calls all the time from people who are like, Hey, like I'm trying to work on developing the show. Can you help me? Perfect. Uh, and, yeah. So it's great. So I, and like, and those dudes are great. I mean, it's the most, it's the way it's the wackiest group of people you've ever met that yeah. none of them did, none of them did drugs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it's like uh Cause it's a kid's show, right? I oh, was just kidding. But yeah, yeah. then how did that, tra- how did that then transition into like, you know, doing stuff for the Padres, like off, uh, off base and like the whole, you know, when they were, that I was mean, happening that was like, or they kept faith or like, how did, how did baseball like become the love of your life? Baseball has always been a big thing uh, oh, okay. in my life. I've always loved baseball since I was a kid. I would go to games, the Reds, the Padres was my teams. Um, yeah. I've just always been fascinated with baseball. And then like, um, around 2000 or whatever it just became like a huge huge thing for me i don't know why but yeah um it was just yeah we started playing fantasy baseball uh (laughs) and it was like my dad had always played when i was a kid and so like it it played fantasy didn't play real baseball okay Um, i think he played softball for your dad was chris sabo my dad was Um, chris sabo yeah (laughs) i wish to god um but, but yeah so like um that was kind of like just always there. And then mm-hmm. we started doing the kept faith because Travis, our buddy Travis was like really into podcasts, but there was like, nobody was really doing podcasts at the time. There was maybe like five podcasts. And uh, he was like, these are going to be, this is the future. This is the future. And we're like, ah, okay. How does even, nobody can even listen to them. Like it was, it was way back when. And so we started to do one here and there for the kept faith, mm-hmm. all about San Diego sports. And uh, it just has continued to grow. Explain the kept faith. Is that like, I know, I mean, I know what it means, but like, why? Yeah. yeah. So the Padres logo, Padres slogan for a long time was keep the faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but at the same time, we've never won anything or been relevant. So it was like, keep the faith. Come on guys. And it's Padres, you know, so like we're, we're relevant for being the team that bought Manny Machado. Um, <laughs> exactly. We, we got him. We had Tony <laughs> Gwynn and now we have Manny Machado and Tatis. Tatis is obviously. Well, yeah, right. but I'm saying like, we spent all the money we we earned over the past decade on this player who I hate, and you know, what? Like I mean, as a, as a person, when he was on the Dodgers, he was he, he oh, I would I didn't know he was ever going to be at Padres, and I was always like, man, that guy, I hate that guy, or whatever. I mean, he plays, oh, he's man. dirty, you know. But now he's on the Padres, he doesn't he doesn't play dirty on the Padres. He was he just, no, no, of course maybe, he doesn't. Maybe it was a Dodger thing. I don't know. But I, I just can, noticed that when he was a Dodger, I was like, dude, he's tripping people, pleading people. Like, no, hey, no, no, no. Never. No. Manny, never. I um, can tell you from experience. I, I was able to hang out with him one night and he's uh, <laughs> a very nice guy. Extremely oh, yeah. nice guy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, it's. I think it's just the Dodgers. They bring it out of you. Of course. Um, the Dodgers yeah. are all terrible people. They all belong in jail. Every single Dodger is a murderer uh, and sells drugs to kids. That's, I mean, I think yeah. that's fact. I think that's fans actually, too. You, fans too. 
fans too. Yes, they <laughs> said after games they go into the stands and they sell drugs to fans to each it's... other. They just sell. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Oh yeah. my gosh! Uh, so that's yeah. Cat Faith is like a response to that, and, it and was that's just still that's still going strong. Still going strong. Still going strong. Started in 08 and it's it was a blog and kind of a podcast, and now it's a podcast and kind of a blog. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, so like you can read stuff. You have people write all the time, and we used to write a lot more, but we don't anymore. There's just not a ton to write about, mm-hmm. uh, and we we go weekly during the season, and then uh, now that we're out of the season, we we'll probably do like once or twice a month. And then I started a new podcast out of that called the Padres Canon, where people can come on and they can elect somebody to be in the Padres Canon, and then we debate, and then the Twitter the Twitterverse votes on if they should be in the canon or not. Nice, nice. That's yeah, fun. It's been fun. Who is a, who is a padre of contention? So like in that, like, like well, there's been the there. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head who got voted in. Most people have so far got voted in uh, to, <laughs> to the fa- okay. to the fact that we are changing it up so we can run into more controversy. Uh, Kurt Vivacqua got voted in, which a lot of people Dude, that was not my, like. That was the first name that came to my head. Um, yeah, but maybe that's because he did that other show that was like yours. Oh, he did some some show, yeah. Like off base, it looked like his show. Like you heard it, Kurt. You stole the show from. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, uh, but yeah, <laughs> we we did off base because we were um, we uh, uh, basically like Fox Sports San Diego came to town and they were. And I was watching them and I'm like, man, they don't have anything here that's interesting for actual Padres fans. And we'd always wanted to do a show that was like a comedy show about sports, and so we. I just, you know, emailed a guy like at the time we were doing Yo Gabba and the Aquabats. And it was like, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of cachet. So I was like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm an emo guy. I'm going to say, Hey, I want to develop a show for you guys. And we did after a while brought in some people and wrote this whole show and, um, they bought it and we did it. And then while we were taping our first episode, uh, we got a call that they weren't going to do it anymore. <laughs> and we got, uh, basically what happened was Fox sports one had just launched. Mm-hmm. They were doing a show that was kind of similar mm-hmm. and they thought they were worried that jokes that we were doing would offend the players and would not let them come on and would, and would encourage them not to come on any of the uh. other programs. Uh, I didn't believe this. I thought this was bullshit. I don't know if we're allowed to curse on this. Sorry. You can do whatever you want. Okay. I I thought it was bull, but uh, I may, I later, there's a comic who was on that show that they were talking about called, uh, his name is Michael Costa. He's very funny. Um, But we were hanging out at the comedy store one night and he was basically confirmed that he was like, Oh dude, I have to like, he's like, I had to literally edit every one of my jokes. They wouldn't let me say a mean thing about anybody. I was like, Oh, okay. So I felt better about it. Yeah, totally um, redeemed. But it was super fun. I mean, the off-base thing was like a dream. Like that was literally yeah. a dream that came true and then immediately was dashed. That's like all, uh, of, all of your like talents put right there. Oh man, it was like the best thing ever. Sean was doing it with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, we dude, it was so freaking fun. Like yeah. we got to film a bunch of like remote bits and, uh, and there was like a live talk show format. So like we had an audience did a monologue. We had a little stupid band that was Sean and Matt. And then um, uh, we had guests come on and we did like games. I mean, it was, yeah, dude, it was so fun. And I, to this day, there's always this like element of like, okay, well let's, let's try to pitch it again. Like, let's try to do it again. And yeah, um, I, I don't you, know. Like, I think you could somehow like, maybe if there's well, like a, a now punk that it's rock. Bought, right. Yeah. Is it online then, anywhere right now? 
Uh, no, I, oh, it's on YouTube somewhere, but I don't, I don't right. know where. Did, did yeah. that turn into? Did that kind of turn into talk scrum at all? Like, <laughs> no, no. Okay. no, Sean just really got into baseball cards. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. Uh, this what about, is what happened. What about like? What about like none baseball? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, just sailing the seas of baseball cards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, Tax Chrome is like Sean's baby. He got into baseball cards a lot. I guess they're very popular again. And mm -hmm. videos on YouTube of people opening up baseball cards. Yeah, like just opening them up and showing the camera. Oh, look at this card! Like looking for like the big hits they call them. The whale, yeah. And like, like I'm like, what the? Like I, dude, it's the weirdest like genre of YouTube video. But, but people you, you are, now you have a chance to like throw in like more comedy sketch and stuff like that. Like, or yeah, like, yeah, we do like Sean, it was like, do you want to do this? I think we can make it funny. And I was like, yes, but only if we don't take it seriously. Like if we take it seriously, like I am out, like we are, we are showing baseball cards on camera. Like this is stupid and it should be <laughs> treated as stupid, but it's working. Oh, it's so fun. Our YouTube following is uh, dismal. But we, we <laughs> have diehards. We have like 300 subscribers, which is way more than we thought we'd ever have. But our views are pretty bad. Uh, but like, yeah, the people who do watch are like very into it. Yeah. Uh, they're very fun. Like that community is like ridiculously mm -hmm. fun. Uh, I just want to get big enough so I can walk into a card show, Josh, and people are like, oh, dude, that's the guy from Doc's Chrome. Dude, dude, is that Dallas from Tox Chrome? Oh my god, dude, that's all yeah. I want. You gotta make some talk. I'm on Tox Chrome shirts. Um, <laughs> that's so what's, a great it, idea. what's it? Uh, you know, right? That's it. That's your merch. What, what's it like being voted like San Diego's funniest guy, funniest person, or whatever? <laughs> um, it feels it well, and I want to know who voted that because I have some some bones to pick. But just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, you were you're up for it, but then you were like, nah, I gotta go do a dog. I, I bowed out. I said, they, yeah. give it to Dallas. Give it to Dallas. <laughs> it was um, dude, it was like it was fun. It was really fun. Um, they did it. The Madhouse used to do this competition every year in San Diego, San Diego's funniest person. Um, and it would be like a, it was ongoing, dude. It was like 20 weeks. It was ridiculous. Um, and anybody could enter that was a comic in san diego basically okay and then it would just vote every week you would get voted down blah 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 and then i never wanted to do it because i didn't like competitions i still don't like competitions um especially when it comes to comedy but then this one year they like upped the prize money <laughs> oh to like two grand and i was like uh all right i'll compete and yeah. then yeah um, yeah so when it got down to the final round um if you've won already you can't win again so like there was already like five rounds or five years before that or four years before that. And all of the people that I was afraid that would have beaten me had already won. So they couldn't come back. Ah. So then it was me and this guy named Trenton Davis, who I was really afraid of. Uh, a girl who's now doing a theater tours on her own, Taylor Tomlinson. Um, and then uh, this guy who's also great, but at the time was still kind of up and coming. So he wasn't as polished and great as he is now. Dustin Nickerson. We were all in it. Oh, and, I saw um, him. I just saw him the other night. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's really great and he's a good friend of mine. But at the time, he was still fairly new and kind of okay. coming into his own. So uh -huh. he wasn't as, and James Schrader, who's actually was also in that round. So there's a lot of like packed with talent. So um, these, the guys, the people that you're saying are like, like, are those like the big names in San Diego comedy? Uh, well, Taylor's like huge now. Well, I see, yeah, she's like Netflix um, right now, right? Yeah, yeah. She's doing a theater tour. Uh, James is like in the Dr. Squatch commercials. So everybody knows him from that. 
Um, Dustin is usually opening for Taylor or somebody else that's big. I saw um, him open for Nate Barsky. Nate Bargitzi. Yeah. Nate yeah. Bargitzi. Oh, talk about one of my favorite comics. Nate he's, he's, he's good deadpan, right? He's. I, I got to, I met him. I did a he came out of nowhere. Thing. I started, I found him one time on, on one of the net stream, streaming Netflix or YouTube. I was like, why is this so funny? He's just like, dude, dude he like, is so funny. We, I opened for him on a weekend in, uh, down in San Diego years ago. Nice. And he, this was like right when he started to kind of get a name for himself and he was, so he could like do weekends, headline weekends. And he was so stinking funny. I would watch him every night. It's like very rare that I watch the headliners every night. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Cause you just, you see one set. They're usually doing the same set every night. It's, oh yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, so like, but I would watch him every night cause he, his timing, his delivery, it's so perfect. Um, and <laughs> then we, we sparked up kind of a friendship that weekend and, uh, I got to open for him a couple of times in like Salt Lake and, um, then he was here right before the pandemic, he was here at the Balboa. And, uh, I, Dustin was opening and I, we all went to dinner. The the three of us went to dinner beforehand. And then, uh, I got to watch that show and he's just, I mean, if I didn't, I, 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 we are casual friends at best, Mm -hmm. but even if I didn't think he was a casual friend, like he is still easily one of my favorite working comics, like his, his style is, is literally beautiful. Like, his (laughs) his <laughs> his style of comedy to me like his cadence is like almost like jazz to me like mm-hmm. the way he just goes oh, it's 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 gorgeous um, I, I was gonna ask you what what makes him so funny like he's i don't he's, know i know he's because because it's like it, he could be my neighbor across the street yeah or whatever i think that's what it is though i think that's what it is because I, I, his jokes are funny though like his oh yeah no his, his jokes are great yeah. like in his but he he's that's what I think makes him so great is that you like what you just said, like he's my neighbor. Like he's, he's the neighbor that you would want to talk to. He's the girl next door. He's, he's the girl so. next door. <laughs> he's, a he's that hot young girl. Oh, whoa. I just meant like the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 No, no. He is. Um, he was, I just saw him. It was at the Balboa. Dustin yeah. was Dustin opened. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just live, live comedy, live comedy, I guess really speaks to me on a, on a, entertainment like stage level like um you know yeah i, th- no, I think I, I don't know if like i don't know if everyone like gets i don't know there's something about comedy or punk rock or some theater stuff that people just don't get or if they have a they have a, in their mind like theater is like boring or sucks but you have to really yeah. if you're searching for the nuance or why these people are so good or whatever then you're gonna find it or i think if you're i i, I live entertainment is where i w- would spend all of my time if i could Um, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. my favorite thing to do. I've been blessed to do a lot of commercials. I've been very fortunate to get a lot of work in the last couple of years, and it's been really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, it all pales in comparison to being on stage in a, Mm -hmm. in a, I'm going to I'll be in a musical, uh, next summer, um, as the wacky character. Um, (laughs) really? Yeah. Yeah. But it's like one of those things where I'm like, (laughs) I just want to be on stage, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, live, the, going and seeing live entertainment, there's nothing like it. And um, the Balboa is actually a great place for live comedy. Uh, yeah. O- oddly enough. <laughs> and and uh, that kind of that theater kind of sprung up like not to, you know, it's I mean, I know it's, a few years an ago, yeah. it's an old building, but um, yeah, as far as like going to see it. So, yeah, highly recommend Balboa. I highly um, recommend, highly recommend Nate Bargetti. He's the, got yeah, specials. Yeah. The Tennessee Kid is on Netflix. I Dude, would encourage so everyone. Uh, to watch it. Yeah. Plus, you can yeah. show it to your kids. You can. 
but Dustin, uh, yeah. So that, that crop of that year was like a good, great crop. I mean, they've all yeah. out, they've all out shined me post that competition, <laughs> um, but you won, but I beat everybody in that competition. Who, I, how, I have a voted very, who voted it's in the audience, the audience that comes. Nice. Okay, cool. They, they vote on the, the night and I have a bit that is basically most people go, okay. It's basically comes out who can beat that bit and nobody can beat that bit. Ah, okay. You did it. So I really did it. And then I, you know, I can't compete anymore, which is great. And, um, and yeah, and I've transitioned. So like, by the way, I have about 15 minutes. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, I've transitioned. My, Listen to this it. guy. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got to go do a show places I, to go. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go do a show. Tonight. But I, um, I do a lot more stories now than I do mm-hmm. stand up. Um, and that's where I've kind of found my niche. Like those guys what do you mean? Like, like reading. Uh, yeah. So like, there's a great, program in san diego uh not program group in san diego called so say we all mm-hmm. they work they they are like a literary group that started as kind of just a moth or um even like a maybe the live version of this american life mm-hmm. um and then they've developed over the past like decade into this group that helps like veterans tell their stories and the homeless tell their stories mm-hmm. and like works with these people and like helps them write and learn to read and all these other, and they do just really awesome stuff. Um, but in, in addition to that, they do these nights where they'll have prompts and you can submit a story. And if your story gets selected, you go read it in front of a crowd and mm-hmm. you do this whole system where you're getting, you're talking with an editor and it's, it's great. And so because of that, I've done, I've worked with them for a very, very long time now. And um, I have, uh, it's, it's kind of where I've felt I've gotten the most out of, um, my comedy where it's like, it is like a mix of drama and comedy and, mm-hmm. um, heartfelt stories and ridiculous stories. And it's not just about like getting up and doing stand up and set up punch. Uh, so like I, in like Taylor or Dustin or those guys, they're, they're such great standups. They can, they, they think in that term like mm-hmm. where we're like, they, sit down and they can write a bit out. Like, I don't think in that term, like I can, I can sit down and write like a script out basically way yeah. easier. And so I've always struggled with that and stand up. And now when I started focusing on stories, it's like so much easier for me to write mm-hmm. a story and go mm-hmm. and perform it and be confident. And um, yeah. so anyway, so because of that, I'm also putting out a new album hey. um, that'll be coming out next month at the end of the month. Uh, and it's all stories that I've done at this show at the whistle stop. Oh, in San Diego, they do it once a month. Shout out. And uh, it's great. <laughs> That's cool. So we can, yeah, see your, we can see you read stories at Whistle Stop. I'll um, be there tonight. If you're if this hey, comes uh, out in the next uh, 20 minutes, you can I'll come be there. tonight. Yeah. It's free uh, every month, but you'll see great stories. I mean, it's always packed. Like it's, it's a great crowd and people come out and they see really great, fun stories. Um, some of them are very serious. Some of them are gnarly, gnarly stories. Um, and some of them are fun and stupid. Are you, but, are you doing that? Are you using that to be like, still do some comedy like kind of stuff in the stories? Or is it also like, are you talking about like, you know, marriage or. Yeah. I mean, I talked about like, I, I wrote a story about my mom dying. Um, I wrote a story about my grandpa dying, but it's like all based in humor. I mean, our, our family has always been, you know, very dark when it comes to comedy. Like we, we embrace the darkness. And so yeah. It's a great way, I think, to, like I said earlier, like I love doing dramas and I think it's a great way for me to merge those two things. Um, tonight I'm telling a story about bad credit. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 
and uh, cool. we'll see how that goes. It could, <laughs> it could not be interesting to anybody. I, I wrote a story about the rise and fall of off base uh, and did it. And that That's was funny. fun. Yeah, it's fun, man. Now I was talking to, uh, I had Troy Johnson on the show a while ago. Oh, Christ there. almighty. <laughs> that guy. That no, guy. But, but he, he used to host Fox Rocks, right? And then yeah, uh, when I was living in LA, I actually saw, I hadn't seen the, my San Diego people in a while. And all of a sudden there's you and Jake and Matt Gorney on Troy's <laughs> show. I was like, what the heck? And, oh, and O, O was on there too. Oh yeah, of course. But it, but it was, bef- I think it was right when Reeve Oliver was kind of doing stuff yeah uh, or, or like getting bigger and then like troy's like talking and all of you guys come kind of come behind him and start singing songs and stuff like that so like <laughs> we've always had a i think uh yeah i just thought that was cool to like there's been like a small but tight-knit music community in san diego um and you've been able to tie in all the different things like radio and doing putting yeah, your face on film I mean, and you know yeah i was with. able to be at 94.9 for a number of years mm-hmm. as a dj and Got, and like that was a dream only because I hated radio. It just sucks, but it was only a dream because I got to hang out with John Reese all the time, which was well, you're with the dream team too. Like the all, that's when all the 949 had it. Like, oh, we had such a good you crew. Had what what Woods, Cantori? No, uh, Woods, the, Woods and Cantori were not they Woods and Cantori oh. were not there yet. Oh no, okay. So but when I started, it Reese. was it was John Reese. So he was doing Swami Sound System, which is Halloran. still the best radio show there ever was. Yeah. Um, Halloran, Tommy was doing mornings. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Anya was still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who was the other other person? Arnez, Garrett. Obviously, I love Garrett. Um, uh, Mike Hansen was there for a while. I think he still might be there. But yeah, as I was leaving, the Mikey Show had just come in to do mornings because our ratings were terrible. So they brought in the Mikey Show to like help. On ninety four nine. Yeah, the kid brother Mikey show, oh. and that's when Woods came in. Woods was a part of the Mikey show. Oh, I vaguely remember this. Yes. Yeah, because he had to get a whole new team. He left his show, his previous show, at the other the station. Show. The show. Yeah. Now it's the yeah. show. It's still yeah, there. Yeah. Right. They're doing. They're, they're, you know, I've heard him a couple of times. Yeah. And then Mikey you, came in. You. You need a morning show. No. 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 Mikey tried to put me on the morning show, and I, I can't do that stuff. I can't. I can't be the guy who's like, all right, we're gonna call the station and uh, yeah, let's yeah. let's call somebody and fart in the microphone and see what happens. You're listening to Dallas and the Bear. On- can't do it. Yeah, yeah. But, but I I uh, and I can't wake up that morning or that early either. What's I used your- to fill in every once in a while. <laughs> I, I every once in a while I get to fill in. Uh, ben and Woods are mm-hmm. speaking mm-hmm. of Woods. They are mornings on three now, and um, they are uh, they're great. They're really fun. But I get to fill in for them every once in a while if one of them leaves. So that's fun to go Holy. do that. But I couldn't do it every day, dude. That's they don't pay. They don't pay enough. Hello. But ninety four nine was great. I mean, it was so fun to go. No, you were in at a good time. Yeah. Yeah, perfect time, and I got out of an even better time. You got out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're I know we're coming up on our time here, but like yeah, yeah. What, one a couple of things is what, how did you become such a how did you develop such a relationship with the Blarney Stone? Um. <laughs> Is it because you're from that area or, I mean, I know that was the, that was, you were the mayor. All right. Listen, so. Josh, this is, this has been fun. I got to get going. Uh, I'm not allowed to openly talk about the Blarns. Oh, really? I, uh, really? Why? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just kidding. We, uh, we, I grew up down the street from the Blarney Stone, literally. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. Okay. Nick McCann, who, you know, one of the mm-hmm. funniest people on earth who mm-hmm. runs the Kept Faith. Hi, Nick. He, <laughs> and also, uh, on talks from sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. He, um, uh, he grew up in Claremont, but moved to Tierra but we had this thing. Cause I don't know if it's hard for people to remember this, Josh, I know you will, but it's hard for a lot of people to remember that in the, I turned 21 in 2001. 
it's hard for people to remember that back then craft beer wasn't a thing yet. No, there was it, like stone. It was Guinness. Guinness was craft beer. Stone was like the only craft beer. And even then, like you had to go to like an art show to find <laughs> stone. Like they weren't yeah. anywhere, you know? Right. I remember like that, Gordon yeah. Biersch was like probably the other craft beer that was around. Mm-hmm. Carl Strauss, maybe a little bit, but that was it, you know? Yeah. So like, so we weren't like, oh, we're going to go to this brew. We turned 21. Like that wasn't the idea. But Nick was like, Nick and I's birthdays are a, a month apart. So we made a deal that once Nick turned 21, we would go to the Blarney Stone and have a beer. And because we just always grew up next to it. Mm-hmm. And then we did. And we walked in and it's just this dingy, nothing bar, uh, Irish nice. pub. Like everybody in it is like a lot that's owned by these uh, three brothers from Ireland. And it's been there for, it was, at that point, it had been there for like 30 years already. It was a neighborhood institution. It's a very classic neighborhood bar. But at the same time, it's like a classic Irish pub. Like they wanted it that way. <coughs> so they did like Irish mm-hmm. jam sessions all the time and, and like real Irish jam sessions where people would just bring instruments and hang out. And it was super, super cool. Um, and it was a great, it was just great. And then we finally, one night we, um, we would kind of go regularly to drink and play darts. And uh, there was an open mic night that we kind of randomly went in on one night. No one was there. Um, it was like six people were there, uh, and Sean dared Gorney and I, Matt Gorney and I to get up and sing Bill Gates owes me five bucks. <laughs> and that was like, right when we had just written that song just for, as a joke. Yeah. And, um, we did it. And then, um, that was kind of the beginning of it. Like we, the like people who own the bar happened to be there that night. They liked it. They asked to come back the next week and do it again. We did it again. <clears throat> and then people started showing up to like, see it. And then we started writing more songs and then mm-hmm. they just gave us our own night. And that was kind of the beginning of Rad. bad credit, but it was also the beginning of like us going to the Blarney stone a lot. Mm-hmm. And then like once bad credit ended, <laughs> Sean and Gorney started a band called fever crotch, which was their cover <laughs> band. And uh, they started playing the Blarney yes. stone and they would like pack out nights at the Blarney stone. Mm-hmm. They did like all nineties covers. It was great. Um, I started and, and, hosting. And, also, and uh by the band of Coors Light. Yeah, they, they wrote some amazing originals. Yeah, yeah. Super Nachos. Yeah, uh, yeah. 97 Forerunners. Um, yeah, they, it was great. And then uh, I started hosting a trivia night there. And I started mm-hmm. host, I ended up hosting open mic night for like three years. Um, the mayor. I was the mayor. They, people called me the mayor of Claremont. I had a chalice and a sash. I would dress up. And once a year at a Fever Crotch show, I would give the state of Claremont a dress. Um, yeah, it was great. It was super fun, but it was That's also like so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would just get wasted and then go eat Mexican food and then come back yeah. and get more wasted. It was, it was such a, it was so fun to do, but yeah. uh, it's definitely in the past. <laughs> yeah. Well, you look like, you look like you're in, you, you look like you've worked it off now. You look like you're in good shape. You know, marriage, oh, life, marriage life has been good to you and you know, thanks man. She, yeah, whipped, she whipped you into shape. Well, it was one of those things where like, uh, I started to get so big that I was going to die. Oh, okay. And so I was like, oh man, that sucks. I didn't think that was like a real thing. Oh yeah. Oh Uh, yeah. So then the doctor was like, yeah, you should like, uh, go on a diet. And then I was like, okay. And so I finally just needed to be kicked in the ass. It worked. No more. It worked, uh, man. No more, no more Smithix. Oh no, there's still plenty of spice. Ah, got it. Okay. Yeah. Now it's just rationing, Josh. It's instead of doing it, instead Moderation. of drinking, you know, 25 beers in a night, 
Whoa. Yeah, you drink like yeah. two beers a night. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, good to know. Um, in, in closing, Ooh, so I, yeah. I got I had two thing a twofer. Um, you need to tell me like whatever the first funny story that comes to your mind is about anything in your travels and around the world or anything like that or even in Temecula. And then, <laughs> uh, secondly, a nugget of wisdom from like your family line or anything like that. I know you're close with your grandfather. He has mm-hmm. he, he has a rad vehicle. Um, that whole thing. So, so it, those two things in any order. Um, and oh, wow, yeah, a funny story. Sure, uh, man, I don't know. What's the walrus I mean, I was re- mechanical. Uh, <laughs> um, I could tell you a funny story about SeaWorld. I was uh doing a show, I used to host the <clears throat> Shamu Night Show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's getting very parched. I'm sorry, called the, <laughs> it's called the Shamu's House of Douse. And the old days when they were still riding the whales and getting in the water with the whales and all that stuff, you would walk across this little bridge to get to the stage yeah and like and then like when you got to the like and i i, I try to stress like people don't understand how little the bridge was between the pools <laughs> like the back pool were in the front pool the bridge was like if you as a human laid down like a normal size human if you laid down like yeah. that's how wide the bridge was right right not, and, on not either, and it's not really a bridge it's like just a thing on the ground and on either side is a ramp for the whales to slide over that area Sounds healthy. Sounds like, uh, I mean, safe. Sounds safe. Yeah. And when they don't <laughs> want them to slide over, they like raise part of it. So they would run into it if they tried to, but they don't really ever try to do that. But, uh, so I would, I walk So that's where like, I would basically host a big portion of the show was from that little tiny bridge. <clears throat> it was scary. Like now when I think about it, it was scary in the moment for whatever reason, like I was not worried. I think it was probably stupid and foolish, but I was just not worried. <laughs> but like uh, the one of the things about that, like hanging out in that stadium and stuff that you notice is that the whales, they kill seagulls. Mm-hmm. So, and they do it, they, they trick them. It's amazing. So they'll like, they'll get a fish, they'll regurgitate a fish that they ate and they'll like bob their heads and like, and like push the fish out like to the surface. And so the, the birds, the seagulls and stuff will land on the glass and then they'll try to get the fish. And as soon as they put their head down too far, the whales will jump up and grab them and pull <laughs> them down. And then they don't like chomp them. What they do is they like squeeze them like you would like a Twinkie and all the juice comes out. Oh, yeah. And then they spit the carcass out. Ugh. So like a lot of times you'll go in the back and they'll just be like the trainers have just like pulled a couple of carcasses out of the water, you know. <laughs> and so anyway, so I tell you that because I'm on the bridge doing the show. I'm saying a line. I feel somebody screwing with the back of my mic pack. And I'm like, oh, what I can't turn around and do it. Like I'm literally in front of 5,000 people. And so I, I'm done with my line. They go to the next thing. I look behind me and I just see a whale, like at my feet, mouth open, just bobbing, mouth open at my feet, dude. Like I'm just not like, I can't stress it enough. Like if I would have moved any closer, I would be touching it with my foot. Oh. And I'm like, what the, until so I reach back and they had stuffed a, a seagull carcass in my back pocket. <laughs> and uh, the whale was just sitting there trying to, uh, trying to, uh, just waiting, just waiting to get Wait, that seagull. Waiting for you to turn around and bite your, bite murder your, me. your whole back, just it was, your spine. It was in one, bite. one of the freakiest moments uh, of my entire life. And they thought it was hilarious. Who did uh, it? Who did this? You know who did it? Anheuser-Busch Jr. That's who did it. Mr. Bush. Mr. Bush. Uh, so that's a fun story. 
Let's see. My nugget of wisdom would be um, true story. It's a true story. My nugget of wisdom would probably be uh, I don't know. What did my grandpa? My grandpa used to always just say eat. Well, it doesn't um, have to be a grandpa, but somebody you know something you've learned. But I think I've learned like here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I'll just say this. Mm-hmm. People, I should I probably should have focused on one thing growing up more. Um, because I think I would have been further advanced in one of those areas than I am now. Mm-hmm. Like that was always a big contention for a lot of people. Just focus on acting or just focus on comedy or just focus on one of those things. I've never been able to do that. Like I've never been able to laser focus on one thing. My advice to most people is like, I've never had to have a real job. I've always been able to make my living in these wacky, weird ways. Um, so honestly, my advice to people is like, you don't have to be stuck in a rut if you don't want to be stuck in a rut. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you think to yourself, like, <clears throat> well, I have a family. Like, I have to provide. You totally have to provide for your family. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you not to. But don't think that there's not opportunities to go out and do what you want to do mm-hmm. and make it work. Like, mm-hmm. they really are out there. It's just you have to take a step and do it. And like, I've been taking those steps and doing it for years and it's just grinding, but it's at the same time, it's like that strong, strong, strong desire yeah, to never, ever, um, to never, ever like have to have a real job. Like I just <laughs> don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I like, I can't do it. I would lose my mind. I mean, it's one of the <clears throat> reasons I walked away from SeaWorld is they kept trying to give me like a more real person's job. And I just, it's, mm. it's, it's too much. So that would be my advice is don't be afraid. Take the step. Try it. That's it. Do it. Do it. Do it. If only only there was a big corporate company that had a slogan, like, like something like do it or like make it happen or just do it or something like, yeah, uh, I should probably, I'm going to, I'm going to email a bunch of people. Yeah. Tell them. Put it on a shirt. See who buys it. (laughs) Um, what, what's, uh, where can, so whistle stop tonight, but where can people usually find you or like you can, or whatever? I have a website, Josh. I've launched a website. Yes. It's Dallas S McLaughlin.com. Okay. Everything's so, there. Everything's on there. Everything's on there. So basically Dallas McLaughlin.com. <laughs> That's true. Um, huh? That's yeah. true. And my middle name is Scott. So it works out. Um, Dallas S Dallas S Dallas S McLaughlin. So yeah, you can go there. All my, uh, my links to my first album is there. My new album, which is coming out in November will be there shows all this stuff. It's all there. The drop. And then, and they just close with like, what where your favorite place to eat in San Diego is. Oh Christ, dude. Come on for real. I just went to born and raised and perfect. Okay. We'll, we'll end there. That was great. <laughs> but I will, I mean, the best burrito in San Diego is El Cotijan. On Genesee, you're gonna say that one. I knew on it. Genesee near yeah. Balboa. And that yeah. one specifically, though, there's a bunch of them, but that one was the first one in San Diego. It's the best one to this day. That the location in my chef life, that location is the first place I've ever seen using a power drill to make beans. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. A five gallon bucket on the ground. He's got a it's a drill, and he's standing on a stool. He's got a long stick on the drill, and he's just like, and oh he's making the, he's making the the frijoles, and uh, I had to try them, and they were pretty good. Uh, they did it's not the just like I was, but it was that was the first time I've seen somebody using a, a power drill for that. It's, so it's my favorite Mexican food in San Diego, El Cotijan. El I'll, Cotijan, I'll link them that one, Cotixen. Yeah. So yes, thank cool. you, Dallas. Thank, thank you. you. I'm hopefully that I did what you wanted me to do. I don't know. I Maybe mean, it was okay. Was it was okay. Yeah. Well, it's um, no Alan. 
you know, Alton Aaron, Brown. Alan, I said, Alton, Alan. Alton Brown. It's no Aaron Henderson talking Aaron, about yeah. coffee. You know? I know. Uh, are you, I, yeah, well, we're going to have to do a part two because, you know, like you said, you've done so much stuff. You haven't really focused on one thing. I want to talk yeah. about like almost all those things. We probably didn't even talk about some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, so anytime, anytime that's not right now, tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. So have a good show tonight. Uh, you know, what do they say when you're not acting, but speaking, not break a leg, but like, I don't know. Anyways, don't, don't lose your voice. No, I'll try not to. Okay. All right. Well, all right, buddy. Give my best to the family. Yes, you as well. Please tell Lisa yes. and everybody I say hello. Oh, hey, he says hey. hello. <laughs> he says hello. <laughs> um, all right, then. Well, right, buddy. I got to go to Whistle Stop. I got a show tonight there. Oh, perfect. All right. All right. See you. Yeah. Yes, that was fun. I, I hope you had as much fun as I did talking to Dallas McLaughlin. Dallas S. McLaughlin. Dallas Scott McLaughlin. So if you go to his website, that's Dallas, or as he says, Dallas McLaughlin. Um, yeah, so that was that was uh, that was a pretty fun interview. I could have probably talked to him for a part two or part three because there's so many things we didn't even touch on. I mean, we maybe we touched on him, but yeah. Anyways, follow Dallas. Like he <laughs> like he kept saying, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter because that's what comedians say after they're done, right? Um, so if you caught that in there, I've known Dallas since we were wee lads since he, he was a little bit more we lad than I was because he was his Sean's age and Sean and he are really good buddies Sean from Dogwood that is Sean O'Donnell guest of the show right now Dallas and Sean have a <laughs> a show called Tox Chrome where they do uh, baseball card openings stuff and it's uh it's on video and they have a lot of fun so I suggest you check that out Tox Chrome I will put some links in the show notes as usual as usual okay um thanks again for listening i'm chef josh this is the family cast it's the punk rock chef pairing podcast and i'm gonna be um you know not changing things up i don't like to say changing things up i'm just gonna it's not always gonna be uh chefs and people and stuff like that like um because i want to just tell stories sometimes and i want to show you my music but also at the same time even if i'm talking to a musician who was never a chef we're still going to be pairing their music. We're still going to be pairing their stuff. We're going to be saying, hey, you know what goes with this? What 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 beverage goes with this? your song? What what song goes with this food and stuff like that? So it's always going to have that element, of course, of course. And obviously, this was only episode 37. And yeah, not too crazy, not too crazy. I did want to say something cool I found over the weekend was um, not only did I go to Soma, uh, 35th anniversary of Soma San Diego, one of the a legendary club here in San Diego, all ages, all the time. Um, I saw Pennywise, Strung Out, Deviates, and Urethane, local band, and it was amazing. I took my son, Xander, my youngest son. That was super cool. Still sore from that. That was a few days ago. And I did a wedding on Saturday with Harvest Kitchen and on the food truck. Did a wedding locally. And then Sunday, I went to Punk in the Park Fest up in Orange County. Thank you, Cameron, for those VIP tickets. Cameron, guest of the show, episode two or three i believe of the family cast he um i've known cameron for a while and he is a concert promoter brew haha productions up in orange county check them out they do all the big rad festivals at the at the fair up there at the parks anything that any kind of big punk rock festival or beer beer pairing especially beer and music pairing that's why it fits so well for this show um is probably done by brew haha or they have some kind of hand in it 
So yeah, check that out. Punk in the Park Fest just happened. It was two days. An amazing lineup. Probably the best punk lineup since like Warp Tour 96 or 7, I think. But anyways, it was really cool. Um, I had never seen Bouncing Souls live, I don't think. And they, I forgot or didn't read right that they were on the bill on Sunday. So when they came on, I was like, this is amazing. And I, you know, I knew all the words. It was just a lot of fun. They were just a lot of fun. And it was, I had a lot of fun. It was an outdoor festival. And I don't know. It was just a great experience. So thank you, Cameron, for those tickets. That was a blast. I uh, got to catch up with some old buddies. I saw a bunch of people I knew there. Um, and yeah, so that was Punk in the Park Fest. That was something stoked. But what I, <laughs> what I was actually going to say is uh, I was shown, Instagram suggested to me this place up in Costa Mesa, California, called Good Eats with Laura. And it turns out it's a it's a music pairing sandwich shop. So she pairs everything on the menu with songs, with different songs. It's not just punk rock or anything like that, but she pairs everything with music. So I thought that was really intriguing, for of course, for me. So I, I reached out and we struck up a conversation and um, she's going to be a guest on the podcast pretty soon. So shout out to Good Eats with Laura. Check them out um, on Instagram. I'm not sure how... Um, how you can get them in your area if you're not local but it's a really cool thing because they're doing music and food pairing as a business as her business model so sandwiches and you know i love sandwiches so i'm gonna have to check that out as soon as i can so guest on the show soon laura from good eats with laura ghoul if you will all right so uh, follow us on instagram of course at the family cast um, you can support through Linktree links, linkter.ee. I have everything there that you want to do. I put more links in the show notes for like my Amazon affiliate stuff, links to different music that's in here, excuse me, and uh, things that I think you should buy. Big shout out to my Harvest Kitchen team. They bought me a new interface for this podcast. It's a Focusrite Scarlet Poo i2 uh, third generation, but it just, uh, you know, comes with um, it, brighter lights, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm still figuring out how to use it, but I hope I sound good. I hope I sound crisp and clear um, for you, my listeners, amigos de familia. Yeah, cha cha cha. That's me. So yeah, I'm I'm uh, working with a new interface here. Thanks, team. Thanks, Harvest Kitchen team. Um, guest of the show number. Ah man, I got I'm bad with my show numbers, but um, David Holtz, the owner of Harvest Kitchen, was on the show. So check that episode out. There's so many cool guests that if you haven't heard all the episodes, you should really check them out because. Um, you might not know these people, but they have some cool things to say and to stories to tell and the reason why they're on the show and stuff like that. So maybe if I find them interesting, maybe you will too. So yeah. Um, if you didn't hear in this episode with Dallas that not only is he a comedian and a you know stand-up comedian type of person, does TV stuff and commercials and all this kind of stuff, he was also a singer in a band. And so at the end of this uh, talk, I will play some of his music. So yeah, thank you, Dallas, for being so multi-talented. The triple threat guy in the industry, as they, I think they call it that in Hollywood or Hollywood type stuff. I don't know. I'm not in that scene. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Dallas. And yeah, so special thanks to Dallas for just taking time to do this on, his, on a night where he had to go and do... Um, stand up speaking at the whistle stop if you if you get a chance to check it out he's the nonprofit he was talking about was called so say we all and that's a local nonprofit um, find out more about it if you go to one of his things or just go online and look at it I'll put a link in the show notes you know how we do it so yep um, let me see which I'm gonna find a song for you hang on one sec please 
Okay, I found it. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're hearing behind me is a band called Bad Credit. That's right. 2003's Hip Hop Artist of the Year nominee, Bad Credit, features Dallas McLaughlin on vocals and Matt Gorney also, friend of the show, and other San Diego musicians that who will maybe future be on the show. Wink, wink. Um, yeah, Bad Credit, just a fun band. You know, Beastie Boys-esque. Went on tour with the Aquabats a bunch. And yeah, just as you can hear, they have a funky, fun sound. Anyhow, this, it's, it's not this song that I'm going to play. I'm going to play a song called You Love It, But You Diss. So um, yeah, big, big thanks to Dallas for doing the show. Thank you very much. And thanks to Bad Credit for the music. Um, if you can, go to check out Dallas Live sometime. Go check out Quarantine Kitchen on Instagram. To, actually, most of his stuff's probably on his website, uh, DallasSMcLaughlin.com. And yeah, so you love it, but you diss on the family cast. Buddha music is life, yes? I'll talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it, and you'd hate it if you miss it. You pull out your hair and stop. Go ballistic. Everything that you love, you sit around and contradict it. You say that you hate them, but you love Limp Biscuit. Let me think. Now, just the other day, I asked you if you liked them, and you said no, no way. Okay, then that explains the posters you put up in your room and that tattoo of her jerst on your butt. Say what? I didn't think you'd understand. Say what? Snoop Dogg is the man. Say what? I didn't think you'd understand. Let me explain if I can. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. Man, rollerblading's cool if you're gay. I saw you in the park rollerblading last May. I flew with girls, and that's all I gotta say. Oh, Janisha called, so did Faye and Renee. I don't like chicken, and that's a fact. You ate ten chickens, and you called it a snack. Say by the bell, man, that show is whack. You got a crush on Kelly and Zach. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. Mike Tyson, yo, we ain't all that. Paris Hilton, yo, she ain't all that. Lil John, yo, we ain't all that. Yo, we ain't all that. Yeah, I'm talking smack. Vin Diesel, yo, we ain't all that. 50 Cent, yo, we ain't all that. Ben Affleck, yo, we ain't all that. Yo, we ain't all that. Yeah, I'm talking smack. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. You love it, but you diss it. You love it, but you diss. That song was bad and good. I loved it and dissed it. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to The Family Cast. Yeah. <laughs>